the Smiley J Artist Zone, a platform for and about independent artists, music, interviews, and much, much more. Now, give it up, your host, Smiley J. Welcome to the Smiley J Artist Zone Show, a platform dedicated to independent artists, musicians, singers, songwriters, producers, and recently added season two, comedians. Yes, because we all love music and laughter, and we absolutely need both. I am your show host, Smiley J, and I want to welcome everyone to today's show. I thank you all for tuning in. Now, if this is your first time, welcome, welcome. I am so glad that you're here, and uh, make sure you come back and hang out with me again. Don't make this one and done. I'm here every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen on your favorite podcast platform. All right, now. When I tell you guys that I am super excited about today's show, I'm super excited. And you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to bypass my info segment and I'm going to dive right in. Now, today I have with me in the artist zone an American hidden gem, at least to me and, uh, you know, probably some of you as well. Now, you know, I need you guys out there. All I need you guys to do is gather the family. Yes, grab mama and them and baby girl and uh, the teenagers grab everyone and sit back relax listen and learn together and also I want to encourage you to have some uh, have some post-show discussions now let me go ahead and introduce this amazing sister She's originally from Washington, D.C. Her name is Sylvia Traymore Morrison. She is the first African-American female impressionist in the country. She was one of the first solo artists to tour and open for one of the biggest names in entertainment, the late, great Whitney Houston. Now, with over 50 years in the business, I need you guys to please help me welcome the queen of impressions, the lady herself, Miss Sylvia Traymore Morrison. Welcome to the Smiley J Artist Zone Show. How are you today? I am so well. I'm doing just wonderful. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for asking. I, again, I just want to welcome you, and I just want to say it's an honor to have you on the show. And, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I just want to say this again to my listeners because it feels so good. I am talking to the first African-American female impressionist in the country. All right. I had to get that out of my system. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Smiley? I have this excitement about being on your show. I don't know. It's, it's just there. It just appeared. And I don't good. know spirit or what it is, but it is a, an amazing feeling. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate Absolutely. It. You are simply amazing. And before we begin, I just, I want to shout out comedian Mike Washington yes. for, pointing, for pointing me in your direction. Thank you, brother. I so appreciate it. Mike is amazing. He, I mean, Mike is so daggone funny. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. He was my very first comedian uh, when I launched Comedian. So yes, I enjoyed him. And, and so do the listeners because they're, they're still listening to, you know, that episode. 
Oh, cool. That's yes, wonderful. Yes. That's wonderful. So now back to you, the lady of the hour. First, I want to say, because I like to be transparent and honest. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I'm so ashamed that I didn't know who you were. Mm-hmm. But just know that I do now. And I'm honored to have you here today to educate folks like me, you know, who didn't know about you and all of your work. So with your permission, I want to take my time. Yes, please do. <laughs> and, and, and I want you to be okay with that because I can't tell you the number of celebrities that have said those very words to me. And, and I think one of the biggest ones was when Monique, I went to her show when she was on resident in Vegas mm-hmm. and she said to me, she had tears in the eyes. She says, I cannot believe I never knew that you even existed. And here you are, you've been running around for 50 years in the entertainment industry doing the the biggest shows in the world. And, and I don't know who you are. So you're, you're about in the same boat with so many of the other people who have no clue. Well, I'm going to put this disclaimer out, out there right now today on my show. They will know exactly who you are, people like me, uh, because um, there's going to be a movie. I know there is. I'm just waiting on it. <laughs> I'm speaking that out. There will be a movie, y'all. So just be on the lookout. That is so sweet. Thank you so much. You, that warms my heart because, again, again, um, I, you say it with such reverence. You know, it's like uh, you just know it. But there I feel been, it. I can't tell you how many scripts I've received for people who think that they should do a, a movie on my life story. And I have had so many, I, I could countless people around the world to say, Sylvia, I, I can't wait can't wait to see your story. So by you saying that, you know, it's almost like a, a confirmation. Well, and I appreciate it. I really do. I honestly appreciate it. Well, and you know what? It, it makes a great movie, uh, great book, all of that. But I, I'm a visual. I want to see the movie. So it's I, coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Now, now, when did you realize that you were good at doing impressions? You know what, Smiley? I I actually started doing impressions when I was so young. I, I I almost don't remember doing them, but I do remember being able to hear things and then transferring that hearing into my voice. Like I used to could hear uh, bumblebees. Mm-hmm. And not only could I hear them, I could make the same sound. And these daggone bumblebees fell in love with me. <laughs> they fell in love with me back then. And they still love me. And I wish they would leave me alone. I am not related to them. I think that they think because I used to connect the same sounds as them that I'm somehow or another connected, but I'm not. Bumblebees, bees, yellow jacks, all you guys, I, I love you. <laughs> Stay over there on the other side of the fence. And then I could actually hear the flapping of a butterfly's wings. That's how I wow. describe it. Now, maybe medical or scientific people may say, no, Sylvia, you weren't hearing the flapping because I get questioned about that all the time. But I can tell you this. I could not only hear them, I could tell you when they were around. Wow. I okay, so you, so you got other. that special gift there. It's a it's it's truly a gift. And then, oh, I would I could hear crickets and I would go home at night, you know, when I came not go home, but come inside because I'd be outside playing, and I would make the same sound as of the crickets, and my folks thought that there were crickets in the house. <laughs> it was so <laughs> funny back then. And then I started doing People, neighbors and school friends and teachers. And I realized I could do actually do people and sound just like them. Wow. I didn't know that it was a gift. I didn't know, you know, and I grew up in a um, 
in a neighborhood that we just didn't we we didn't have any entertainers or anybody that wanted to do that. They could care less. But they would say, Sylvia, do Miss So and so or Sylvia, <laughs> do nothing, you know, do that. And it, it turned into me being able to do people on television. Now mind you, we only had four channels mm-hmm. four, five, seven, and nine. And uh, so I used to do some of the people that I, I there was, and I'm, I'm really going way back. Um, there was a guy on called Ed Sullivan, mm-hmm. and he was sort of like the Oprah of our day. And he had all he, as a matter of fact, he introduced the Jackson Five on his show. He was a he was a, I could do him, I could do him, and I could also do a character, a couple of characters from the TV show The Beverly Hillbillies. Oh. And yes. my favorite character was Jane Hathaway, who was the secretary to Mr. Mm-hmm. And I would just do her all the time. The minute somebody say, Sylvia, do one of the, do somebody from Beverly Hills. And I'd go, Mr. Clover, Jeffro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is good. That was the show. Oh my God. It was so funny. Now, yeah. speaking of the Beverly Hill Billies and the Ed Sutherland show. Now you started in comedy when, it wasn't popular for women, especially women of color. So I'm sure that you have some stories, you know, and you had to deal with a lot of shiggity. See, I'm being Ooh. nice. <laughs> shiggity. Yeah. God, jeez, crackers. It truly was a white man's genre of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, Joan Rivers, I, I, I get tickled because we were kind of like parallel in terms of careers, you know, mm-hmm. she was having, she was struggling with being a woman and I never wanted to belittle what she went through, but I wanted so bad to say to her, imagine being that woman and being black. Right. Your struggles aren't my struggles. They are totally <laughs> different. Just yeah. Think about yeah. It. You know, she got to do Ed Sullivan. You know, I had folks, um, let, let me just say this too, smiling. My first professional show, my first professional show, was in Washington, D.C. at a place called Constitution Hall. Mm-hmm. And the year was 1969. Wow. That was my first... Prof- now, I was young. I was a little baby teenager. But mm-hmm. still, that was at a time when uh, I was singing, actually. I was a singer. But I also creeped in my impressions because I bec- there weren't. we didn't see that many Black people on TV back when I was coming up. So by the time the 60s rolled around and I was still little, you know, I was still like a young kid, but um, the Supremes came out. Mm-hmm. And prior to then, I was doing people like Cher, mostly white women, because there weren't too many right, black people right. I could emulate and imitate. So I was doing um, Catherine Hepburn. Oh, darling, Santa, Santa. I was, I was doing these these, I these people who... They were white people because that's who we were exposed to on TV. So when I did my first show in 1969, I knew that this was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I knew that. Mm -hmm. And uh, around that time, the Supremes, I didn't, when black people did start coming forward, I didn't realize that I should try to do an impression of them until I got in, you know, I, I remember watching Donna Ross and her eyes were so huge and she, they were doing baby love and where did I love go? And, and I did Donna Ross and my friends freaked out. They said, oh, my God, you look and you sound just like her, just like her. 
And um, so I had to figure out what I was going to do because there were no platforms. There were no platforms for a black, a young black girl mm-hmm. doing comedy and impressions. And because I'd given up the singing career because I figured there were so many singers, but how many black female impressions wow. were so you there? Bu- so you built a door. <laughs> I'm sorry. So you built a door. You you yeah. created your beautiful. I gave it. I had to get a lane. And so I said, I'm going to do comedy. I'm, well, I'm going to do impressions, which is comedy. And um, the problem is, like I said, there was nowhere to perform. Nowhere. There weren't any comedy clubs. There were no. And and the few that were, which I'll tell you about in a, in a, in a while. But I did birthday parties and weddings and anniversaries and and that kind of stuff those were my platforms and i wanted to get on national television because i thought that by that time i had started doing diana ross and then i'd introduced dion warwick i had um tina turner so now i'm i'm like i'm i'm in my mind i'm killing the whole scene i'm mm-hmm. really doing it and you uh, were and, 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 and I didn't realize it at the time, Smiley. I just didn't realize it at the time. I just wanted, I didn't care about the fact that there were no platforms. I said, I'll either have to make a platform or something has got to give because I need to get where people can see me. And I was watching the Flip Wilson show one night. And Smiley, when I tell you that Flip Wilson introduced these four black women with afros who were absolutely drop dead gorgeous and all of them all four of them were very talented and i'm like how did they get on the flip wilson show and they were the four the winner and the three runner-ups of the miss black america pageant oh and they had and they were on national tv and they had just created the miss black america pageant because young black women could not enter the Miss America mm-hmm. pageant because rule number seven says in order to be a contestant, you have to be Caucasian. Look at so, that. And what year was that? That was, um, I think that was either 70 or 71. And that was not that long ago. So No, no, okay. you couldn't be in the pageant. But look, okay. I mean, look at it now. So anyway, they, they I said, Oh my God, they on the flip. They told you what you needed to do in order to be a contestant. You had to wear a bathing suit, you had to have talent, and you had to answer a question. And I said, Oh my God, I can do that. So guess what I did? Mm-hmm. I, I entered the Miss Black America pageant. Look at you. And to make a very long story short, um, it's a it's a wonderful story, but I'm gonna make it short because you'll you'll understand. Um I entered and I tied for first place with a girl by the name of Bernadette Stannis. Oh, good times. Good times. Good Thelma times, Bernadette. Good. Look at who and knew? We tied together. We're still good friends today. We're very mm-hmm. good friends today. We tied for first place and I beat her out. All right. They asked us a question and whoever won the most points in the question would win first place. And that night she got a card from a promoter who wanted her to come and audition for good times. And they sent me to Europe to entertain the American the Vietnam troops. troops. Yes. So she's off to audition for good times. I'm off to 
I can't tell you, I can't tell you how delighted I was and how it touched me so deeply to see thousands and thousands of men and women in uniform there to watch the four of us perform. Beautiful. You know what? That was a win for both of you. You, you know, your path took you oh. where you needed to be and yes. And America yes. loves, you know, Bernadette from good times. I mean, yeah. So mm-hmm. while I'm in Europe, um, you know, we didn't have, like I said, a lot of TV shows. The only way you could, we didn't have the internet, I'm sorry, or any of those, any of, the, any of these other wonderful uh, connections that we have today. And while I was there, this guy read about me in a couple of magazines. And he said, you're going to love who I, when I tell you who it is. He said, I want to meet this girl. I want to meet this young black woman who can do impressions. I want to see her in person. Because our, the magazine articles and the newspaper articles in Europe were bragging about how amazing the show was. And I didn't even understand how big that was at the time. And so he said, when she gets back to the States, fly her out to L.A., I want to see if she does what they're talking about. So when I got back home, they called and told me I had a ticket. I think it was the next day to fly to Los Angeles because Red Fox wanted to meet me. You know what? Now, <laughs> now wait a minute. So, cause you know, I've been reading up on you. So Red Fox heard about you and then yeah. he became your manager. My first manager. He was, wow. my first, he signed me on the spot. As a matter of fact, while I was out in LA, now you got to, that's big. That's big. Move. Oh, I, and you know what? Most of the stuff that you read about or heard about, or I just didn't, I think God didn't put it in my brain, the magnitude of it to keep me, you know, leveled. So I wouldn't, you know, I mean, it's Red Fox, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Red Fox signed me to my first management contract. Wow. wow. And um, it was just, and, and while I'm in LA, I finally found a comedy club. Um, actually, I've moved on a little forward because I, you know, when I went out, when Mr. Fox flew me out to LA, I didn't even understand how, just how amazing that was. And people were like, Red Fox signed you to a contract. I didn't get a lawyer. I didn't get anything. I didn't know anything about that stuff. I was too young. I didn't know. I had no clue what was going on. And I was okay because it was Red Fox. That's right. Who's going to turn down an invitation from Red Fox to be represented by him? (laughs) Nobody. Well, I signed the contract immediately. And um, eventually, while I was in L.A., I found a place called the Comedy Store. Mm-hmm. And that was a stage for comedians. Now, the Comedy Store couldn't have been no more than maybe a year old, I think, if I remember correctly. And I was in line and I, I met these guys who I didn't know were going to become giants in the business. One of them's name was Jay Leno. Mm, okay. And I met David Letterman. And my favorite, who, who we became friends, I loved him and I miss him so much, was Robin Williams. Wow. Wow. And he used to always say, when after he saw me perform, he said, Oh, Sylvia, you're going to be big. You're going to be big. You're going to be big. You're going to be huge. And um, he was just a kind soul. He, seemed like, he seemed like a gentle spirit. And he did He did a movie, uh, what was it, uh, Hello Vietnam or something where he... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. And um, while I was in L.A., my dad got sick. My father got sick. He was back east. And, you know, they, they said that they didn't think he was... They didn't know how long he would be around. So I flew back to the East Coast. 
and my, he and my mom had been together forever. They'd been married forever. And he died. And I didn't want to go back to L.A. right away because I wanted to be near her. So I moved to New York. So I could be like a couple of, because I'm from D.C. I moved to New York. Mm-hmm. I'm, what, three hours drive away. Okay. And while I'm in New York, I, I find a couple of other comedy clubs. Sure you did in New York. Of course. <laughs> and Catch a Rising Star had this host. Nobody would let me get on their, on their stage. Like I said, wow. it was a white man's genre. That's when right. I During that era, to, yeah. Oh, my God. I wanted to sign up to get my little three to five minutes on stage, and nobody would let me on the stage. They just wouldn't. And I was like, I don't know why, but I went back every week anyway. I went back every week. I don't. I didn't care that they turned me down. I didn't care. One of these weeks, they were going to let me on because they were. I, I was determined. I was just determined. I had no place else to go. There were no black clubs. There were no this, this, yes. So I went to this place called Catch a Rising Star. And I asked a guy who was hosting the show, and he must have seen it in my eyes. He must have seen it. It was almost like I almost begged. And I asked him, could I get on stage for a couple of minutes? And he looked at me and he said, you know what? Yeah, I'll give you three minutes. And I will always love this man for doing that. And his name is Jerry Seinfeld. Wow. Okay. So, so, see, 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 that's why I'm glad you're here. See, listen, y'all, we are being educated. (laughs) Now, Jerry hadn't made it yet. He was an up and coming comic as well. But the fact that he, but he gave started, you up. yeah, he did. The fact that he started letting me on that stage whenever I went there, which was almost every week, even if I only did three minutes, I got a chance to be seen. I got a chance to perform. I got a chance to get my name out there. And Rodney Dangerfield had a club. Mm-hmm. So I heard about Rodney Dangerfield's club and he had open mic on Sunday nights. And I was there. When I tell you every Sunday, I was right there in that club. And the thing I appreciate about Mr. Dangerfield is he never stole jokes. He always paid for them. <laughs> you did a joke that he liked. You know, hey, I'll get no respect. No. If you did a joke that he liked, he would buy it from you. You wow. never heard okay. him stealing anything from anybody. He would buy the joke from Well, you. how honorable was that? That's cool. It's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to salute you for paving the way for other black comedians like the Samores, the Moniques, the Cheryl Underwoods, the Alicia Coopers, all of those fabulous black female comedians. Mm-hmm. And you also served as like, like a mentor, like a comedic mom. To like a lot of the, the comedians? Oh my goodness. What? Yeah, yeah. Hugely, hugely. So I know this is probably hard, but I, I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite um, female comedian that you that you really like? I know it's a lot, but. Well, you know, I have to, I have to salute Moms Mabley mm-hmm. because she is the original queen. Yes. I don't, yes. I don't care what nobody says. She's yes. the original queen. Indeed. Moms Mabley was the woman. She was. And I also have to salute Monique. Mm-hmm. I have to have to give her so much yes. love. That woman came into my life, and this has just been in the last two and a half years. I met Monique in Vegas. I went to see her on her residence show. And while I'm in, in, in Vegas, I was going to go see George Wallace, 
but she was giving a little friend of mine a couple of minutes on stage, Teases. And um, I said, let me go support Teases, because he was a young comic from out of the D.C. area. And I went, and Rodney Perry was there, and he found out I was there. That's another story. And then he he said, I, I got to introduce you to Monique. She's going to love you. And sure enough, Smiley, after the show, he brought Monique over to me. And that's when she told me. She, she was crying. She had tears in her eyes. She says, I just heard some of just a tad bit of your history. And she said, I'm so embarrassed that I don't know. I've never mm-hmm. heard of you. I just don't know. And she invited me back into her room, into her dressing room, where all of her staff was. And quickly, she sat me down in the chair and she sat in front of me and she asked me, had I ever heard of a woman by the name of, I think it's Lois Brogan. Mm-hmm. And I told her, no, she, this is a woman who none of us know about. Also. Yeah, I just recently learned about her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, like I said, to make a long story short, she looked at all of her staff and she had tears in her eyes. And she said, didn't we just talk about this guy? It's her hairdresser, her security, her road manager, her stylist, her you know, personal assistant. And she said, Miss Sylvia, just this morning, Miss Brogan came to me and she said to me, and she started crying, smiling. Monique started crying and mm-hmm. she said, she said to me, I'm almost crying. She said, don't worry about promoting me, Monique. I'm going to send you the lady that you need to promote. And she broke down and said, Miss Sylvia, you walked in the door. And Look the at whole that. room, mm. you could hear a pin drop. It was like, oh, my God. And from that moment forward, Monique has been a, the, one of the hugest, I mean, just an incredible support of mine. And... George Wallace had come in to see her last show at the residency. He comes backstage to find me and he wants me, he wanted me to do a show with him, which I did, which, which I did. He said, I know that was fine. Yeah. He said, you blew me away. You got to do a show with me. And I did. But um, with respect to uh, my favorite comedian, comedian, mm-hmm. absolutely. Monique is up at the top because they asked her who her favorite Tian Tiny asked Monique who her favorite five were. And she said, I don't have a five, but I'd have to put Richard Pryor. And she said, there's one other person I want to put in that in that crew. She only named two people. And she said, Sylvia Tremont Morrison. There you go. I know that's right, Monique. Because you know what? You know, Monique recognized, you know, she's and she's very passionate. She's a very passionate person. Yes, she so, is. Yeah. So she, she knows. I mean, she knows the movie is coming, too. <laughs> <laughs> she probably feels it like me. You're too funny. So I'm glad. I'm glad that um, you know she's helping to to spread the the good news about mm-hmm. Sylvia Traymore Morrison because because the world Thank needs you. to know. Wow. Now you've always been amongst giants, you know, and at the time you didn't know, but you yeah. um, you once hosted a roast for Muhammad Ali. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Now, do you remember, like, one standout roast joke from that night? Well, the the thing that, um, uh, you know, it was there were so many stars, so many ball players, so many football, NFL, NBA people, uh, celebrities, and so forth there. The one thing that, that stands in my mind, it's not really a joke, but I had just learned how to do Muhammad Ali. I had just oh. learned to do an impression of Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. And here I am, the only woman that's ever, ever, ever black, white, Latino, Asian, only woman that has ever hosted a major roast. And that was major. With mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali. 
And I'm going to, I had just learned to do my impression and it was a little dangerous to try to do a man's of his magnitude impression Mm -hmm. unless I had it down. And right before I was to introduce him, I saw him, they brought him down and I saw that great man standing over to the left with looking like a Zeus or God, you know, he was like, Mm -hmm. wow. So I, I stopped the show. I said, Mr. Ali, I'm going to bring you right out, but there's something I want to do. And I proceeded <laughs> to do my impression of Muhammad Ali. Well, can, right? we, can we can we get a little bit of that? Well, let me just let me just say this. Let, let me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, I'm supposed Don't to be quiet. Like a sting like a bee. I hit him so hard, I turned a he into a she. I hit. I had, <laughs> I had rewritten his poem. And when I finished and I knew I even prayed before while I was walking to the front of the stage to say, God, please let this go good, because if it doesn't, it can either make me or break me. And when I was done, he grabbed my hand and took me back to the front of the stage, raised it in the air and looked at me and said, you doing me, a woman doing me. That's awesome. <laughs> and smiling, Garrett Morris came to me after the roast. Garrett Morris from Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. came to me after the roast and he said, look, you got to meet my boss. He's going to love you. He's going to love you. And his boss was Lauren Michaels, the executive producer of Saturday Night Live. And he still is to this day. And and you were hired as a writer. As an associate writer for Saturday yes. Night Live. And I, you know, I just didn't realize, you know, it was like, wait a minute. So, but now Saturday Night Live was only four years old. But they were becoming iconic. Yeah, because was that, um, was Belushi, what's his name? John Belushi. Yes. Was that during his time? Yep. Belushi, Jane Mm -hmm. Curtin, Gilda Radner. Oh, my God. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that was the crew. That was the crew. That was the first crew. But now, they don't recognize me. They never call me for anything. They don't, you know, it's been... It's, it, it was hard at first because I'm like, I know that I didn't stay long. I know that I didn't do a lot of work at Saturday Night Live, but I was still there. And well, Monique loved it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh? You contributed. Yeah. So it's like my first job at Saturday Night Live, I was assigned to Linda Ronstadt, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's a big singer, yes. white girl, mm-hmm. big singer, wonderful singer, wonderful person. And, uh, but they they don't call me back for anything. They don't, you know, they don't. So I try not to use, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. But like Eddie Murphy and Chris uh, Chris Rock and, and that crew, it's like Garrett Morris that, that you know, black folks are yeah. not too fond of whatever, you know. Okay, I, I, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, yeah. so uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. Now, you toured with Americans R&B Sweetheart, uh-huh. Miss Whitney Houston. Yes. Now, I know that there are, you have a lot of fond memories, um, but is there like one fun moment or one fun time that kind of <laughs> sticks out? I know there were many that you can like share because, you know, there's a lot of Whitney fans out there. So they would love to hear this. Let me say this. First of all, I wasn't somebody who did a show with Whitney Houston. I didn't do a show. She took me on the road to 23 major American cities at a time when she was the biggest name okay. in show business. So let me just preface it with that. Wow. And then here's the moment that I remember. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. 
every night after the show, me and her friend Robin and a couple of her, her cousins, we'd all go out in the audience and watch her show. And she loved seeing us out there. And we were in, I think we were in Canada. And I'm so hoping, I'm trying to get a copy of the, of the video. We were in Canada and she called me, you know, she looked at the audience and used her finger and said, come here. She didn't say the word. She just, and I'm looking like, I hope she's not talking about me. What does she want? Why would she want me to come on stage? Why? What did I do? And, you know, I'm thinking all this stuff and I, I, I just didn't go. So she sent security to come and get me. Uh-oh. So security brought me up on the stage and took me, oh, smiley, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. This was so Uh-oh. amazing. Okay. So she said she had security to come and bring me up on the stage and you know, they took me directly to her and she grabbed mm-hmm. my hand, which was the same hand Muhammad Ali grabbed. <laughs> the <laughs> famous she hand. up in the air. Oh, boy. And she said to the audience, wasn't Sylvia amazing? And Smiley, there must have been about 14,000 people in the audience. I believe you could hear the roar of the wow. audience. Wow for miles. Wow. When she finished, she hugged me. We both hugged and that's on film. I just got to get a copy of it. And when I left the stage, I had to go back to my dressing room because I sat there and cried my eyes out because I said, Whitney Houston just stamped my career. Yeah. And she gave you sister love because you were good. Yeah, she she did. She told me, she said, you know what, Mm Sylvia? I watch your show every night. I I watch it. I watch it on film every night. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. Look at that. She brought you back out. She was, she was, she was something. Wow. Let's see. This is why I asked that question. Look at that. Whitney, listen, Whitney is smiling. Yeah. She is smiling. Now, I know that, I can't let you leave because I'm looking at the time. Because I I feel like, I feel like I need to do a part two and I probably will. (laughs) But, um, I know that uh, I can't let you leave without doing an impression. And I, I know that uh, you have some spot on impressions from a lot of folks like, you know, Whitney, <laughs> Muhammad, Michelle Obama. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Whoopi. Uh, I don't know. Donald, it's a lot of them. So I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to do a little role play. You ready? Okay. Let's do a little role play. Uh, let's see who. You, let's see. Whoopi. How about Whoopi? Okay. 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 So Whoopi, I have a question I want to ask you. You ready? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you listen to music? Oh, look, look let, let me let me just say this. I don't know what I would do without music. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm glad to know that you listen to music. So, uh, uh, Miss Whoopi, who are some of the uh, some of the old school music artists that you like listening to? Okay, well, I I, I love Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. I just, you know, there's something about Smokey that just smokes. It smokes. <laughs> but my all-time, my all-time favorite singer mm-hmm. is Diana Ross. Oh, the boss. Yes. Okay, okay. Can you sing any Diana's music or you, you know? Can- well, you know what? I, I yes, okay. I, I can. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to do it in my voice. I'm going to do it in Sylvia's voice. As okay. Diana Ross. Okay. Okay. Hello, hi, Smiley. It's Diana Ross, and I want you to to know that I I love this song, and I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I love singing it. Oh, thank you, Miss Ross. Baby, baby, 
Baby, don't leave me. Love it, love it. Thank you, Miss Ross. Sylvia, I don't know. I'm confused. Who's here? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you so much. You know, it was just such a a pleasure having you here. I'm so honored. And um, I've got more questions, but my time is running out. But listen, before you go, you have some books. I need you to tell us about your books. Oh, I'd be happy to. Well, first of all, I have three. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one I wrote was my autobiography. And a lot of what I just shared with you on the air is in the book. And it's called Almost There, Almost. It was released in 2011. And so much has happened since 2011. People are suggesting that I do a part two. Mm -hmm. But my other book um, was inspired by Whitney Houston. And it's entitled uh, Jelly Beans from Heaven. And I know we quickly, I was in a church with about 900 people and a voice just from somewhere told me this story. So I had no problem writing the book. And the Jelly Beans from Heaven book is my most uh, loved book because it talks about heaven and what the imagination of heaven that God bestowed upon me. And then my final book is called Me, Satan, God, and COVID-19. Because when I was infected with COVID and all four of us were in the room together. And that's the latest one. And folks, uh, you know, someone just said to me the other day, oh my God, your book is is like, everybody wants to read about you, Satan, God, and heaven. And and COVID, I'm sorry. So that's those are the three. Okay, then where can we find these books? Um, they're on Amazon, mm-hmm. but if you'd like a, a, a an autographed copy, you can uh, reach me at sylviatraymore at gmail.com, and I'll tell you all the little steps to take in order to get an autographed copy. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for just sharing your talent with the world. And I don't know if you're going to need to do that part two book, because the, the movie should, you know, <laughs> capture all of that. Yes, I said movie a couple of times. Because it's going to happen. Yes, ma'am, it's going to happen. And, and, you know, again, I want to thank you for joining me today and and, and just Mm -hmm. sharing all of this this history, you know, with my listeners. And and I'm honored to have you. And I can't wait for the movie. Ding, ding, ding. That's my fifth time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I I loved being here. You're a wonderful hostess, and it's been an absolute delight. You know what? Even though this platform is for independent artists, so mm-hmm. you like Donna Ross. So we're going to play some Donna Ross. What's your favorite Donna Ross song? Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Boom. There it is. Well, you got it. Well, until next time, Miss Sylvia Tremor Morrison, be well and keep making us laugh. Thank you so much. Peace. What's going on? This is your favorite producer, your favorite DJ, Mr. Vershawn, and you are tuned in to the Smiley J Artist Zone.
I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. And I want to thank today's guest, the iconic Sylvia Tremont Morrison, for sharing some of her early experiences in the entertainment world, while unbeknown to her at the time, that she was paving the way for other fabulous black female comedians that we all love and support today. I'm going to need you guys to do me a favor and support this sister. Follow her on her social media pages, purchase her books, she has three books, and also share this episode with family and friends who, you know, just in case they miss today's show, share, 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 because sharing is caring. Until next time, I'm going to need all of you guys out there to be well, stay safe, and remember to listen to good music and laugh often, both a medicine for the soul. I am Smiley J, and I'm out.